Okay. Hey, are you recording? Yes, I'm I am. T- I'm going to tell you a joke. You're going to tell me a joke? I think this could be a good God mode thing. What, before we... Are you going to tell me a joke I'm before I'm tell we... you a joke now to test my, my levels. Okay, go on. Yeah, I'm going to do it once a week. Okay, go on. So this guy's having a mood party, right? Yeah. He wants want some money and he thought, I'll chuck a party. So he went, what kind of theme? He went, oh, I'll chuck a mood party. Have you ever heard of this mood party? I've heard of a moon party, but not mood a mood party. So you got to come dress as your favorite mood. Okay. So the big night happens. He's preparing all day and then he sets it up and then, you know, party starts at seven. And sure enough, at one past seven, the doorbell rings. He goes to the door. There's a person in black. Hmm. What are you? The guy goes, I'm doom and I'm gloom. Ha <laughs> ha, brilliant. Come in, you know. <laughs> Party's cracking on, then someone, doorbell rings, boop, goes to the front door. Person all in red. What are you? I'm rage. I'm red with rage. Oh, yes. Come in, come in. So we're starting to fire up. You know, party's gone off, and then boom, the doorbell rings again. He answers the door. It's a guy in green. He goes, let me guess. Envy. Yes. Oh, that's the best one yet. Come in, come in. You know, so about an hour in, party's really cranking. Lots of people there, and then the doorbell rings. He's sort of, sort of everyone's here. So he goes to the front door. Opens the door and blown away. There's two big men, yeah. muscly men. Yeah. One's got his dick lying in a bowl of custard. The other one's got his dick thrust into a pear. <laughs> and he's the guy's shocked and he just goes, What possible mood can you be? And one of them goes, Well, man, I'm fucking disgusted. He's deep in despair. <laughs> <laughs> Do we just go straight from there or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to happen every week. Oh, uh, well, until I run out of jokes, yeah. Attack commences in 60 yes. seconds. Welcome to Game on Australia podcast, episode 51, Dan. 51 up your bum. And we've got the top three things on the way. Big news as we hit another milestone for the Game on Australia yeah. team. Uh, Stranger Things, a free game to go with the brand new season coming out very soon. The C64 Mini. Don't know whether that should be top three news or and I've got you in my sights because it was... Oh, fucking idea. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to a massive question that the Game on Australia Facebook community helped us out with this week about the Nintendo 64 Mini. We know it's coming, but we want to know if we had 18 spots, what games oh, should be on there? Don't even start. There well, we're some... going to start, actually, because it's a big topic. Absolute crackers. Mm. Uh, we'll be talking sports games with the NBL and A-League upon us. Luke Lancaster, the PAX 2017 content manager, will join us. Sights and old school. This is the Game on Australia podcast. Are you ready? Bring it on! Mate, I've done some gaming this week, actually. I've been um, been gaming dry for a couple of weeks, but I uh, gamed on Wednesday night and last night, and boom, I am back, baby. Welcome back home, buddy. Oh, Welcome back home. Shit. My name is Pete. My name is Dan the Internet. And we are just here as we are every week because we just bloody, we bloody, bloody love, love gaming. gaming, mate. It's the greatest thing in the world. You know what else we love? Bloody gaming. You're damn right, <laughs> daddy boy. 
You bloody ripper. A few thanks to our tech sponsors, PLE Computers, and the team at Blue Planet PR for setting up all our fantastic interviews with huge Australian and international gaming talent. More from that on the way. Don't forget to check us out online at gameonaus.com. Great stories on there, Dan, especially about a terrible, terrible situation with your Facebook memories, good sir. My Facebook memories, That was rough. Well... I mean, that's the big topic in itself, I think, but the Red Rings of Death mm-hmm. came up as a memory the other day. And that, I remember, and you know, ironically, I didn't post about this, but the next day after that, it was five years ago, I think, six years ago, the next day's memory was it's Monday night nerd night and I can't play because we used to do a Monday night, we used to call it Awesome Patrol. Yeah. yeah. Play, um, <laughs> awesome Patrol. It was, it was uh, Modern Warfare. Oh, and, yes. uh, yeah, and they were there playing those bastards and I'm sitting there with a Red Ring of Death piece of shit. That's rough. Doorstop. That is so yeah, anyway. rough. Uh, so you can see the story there going off at the moment. Catch this on iTunes, Omni, Android, and Podcast One as well. And if you love the podcast, we'd really appreciate you throwing five stars up. Give us a rating. Leave some words there as well. We love reading them, so thank you very much. Uh, Game on Australia, God Mode. As we move on to Facebook, that is our closed group reserved for the most passionate of gaming Game on Australia Facebook members and a few people joining the group this week. And we say hello to everybody with a nice big fat post, big welcome post. Uh, and they all love each other. It's great. Of course, the Game on Australia Facebook page, we've got a, uh, a big announcement. We hit a mile stone this week and we'll get to that in top three news in just a moment and don't forget if you're jumping on a flight anytime soon Qantas International or Domestic and Jetstar Domestic you will find us on there as well top three news Dan well and number one is extremely exciting because I've told you a million times Pete being a Facebook expert that once we hit a thousand likes Mm. it's a tipping point well, we've had. And we're not uh, at a thousand yet. Not at a thousand yet. Reached a round number. Yes, nine hundred likes. Nine zero zero, and I haven't even got nine hundred family members, so they can't. They can't be they my can't family. Be yours. <laughs> they can't be yours. I'm Italian, and yeah, you've got I've, lots I've of got yeah. A few, so they might. Well, maybe together ours sort of. <laughs> maybe it's yeah, maybe it's the combination of families. I mean, sure as shit, no Kai's there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cousin Kai, what a Love legend. Love you, Kai. Legend. Uh, you know what? We hit nine hundred likes last night. And then we've polled on another four this morning. So we're up to 904 likes. Oh, there you so, go. You know what? Who were the four this morning? Uh, uh... So the four this morning were... Sorry, question without notice there. Bloody oh, hand... what a wanker. What a handbrake on the momentum. Gee, what a wanker. Andrew Palmer, Kyle Tander, Jack Conlon, Gareth Whitehead. Oh, gentlemen. Oh, and Daniel Forbes was number... Uh, 900. Nine, 900. The big 900. Daddy, Congratulations. Well done, mate. You don't mm. win anything, but you, no. <laughs> you get to check this shit out. So good on you. Put it on your CV. But, I was number 900 likes. <laughs> 900 likes. This is great. It's, uh, it's, it's bumping along, and we can't thank you guys enough. Those of you that listen to the podcast every week, and of course, join us at Game on Australia on the Facebook page and on the website, because um, we're heading for really great things. And as I keep mentioning... Got a big giveaway planned for 1,000 members yep. on the Game on Australia Facebook community. So share this stuff around. Well, and, you know, um, without, I'm, I know I'm prone to exaggeration, but, you know, without without putting too uh, fight a point on it, you know, we, you and I's ambition is to do this stuff for a living. And the only way we can do that is for people to like and share our content. That's exactly and, and, right. And particularly like, because yeah. that grows the brand, right? And then the point being is that in, maybe in two years' time when we're a multi-billion dollar co- corporation owning the gaming um, section in the world because it's sure as shit that the gaming websites don't give a shit about gaming anymore. They're reviewing TV shows yeah. and bloody things. So uh, it's up to you and me. We're going to employ all these people mm-hmm. 
and pay them hundred thousand dollars each. Each and every one of you. Each and, yeah, each and every to one. To come of and you. do gaming with us. We've got to make <laughs> we've got to make seventeen trillion dollars first. Yeah, that's but, not that's not an ironclad guarantee, no. but you know that's the dream. Christ, when we get there, you're all on the payroll. <laughs> Hey, uh, let's move on to top bit of news number two. And this is just freaking awesome. I love this. This is the theme song to Stranger Things. I've never seen an episode. I found this story. uh, Actually, someone here, a colleague at work, sent it to to me thinking we might use this. And what it is is that the TV show Stranger Things have released a free game for your mobile device, Android or Apple. And it's to uh, it's a playable game that ties in with uh, series one of the, the TV show Stranger Things, and, and is a bit of a precursor to series two, which comes out late this month. You know what? The, the the amazing thing that they've done is it's exactly that, right? Instead of going, you know, let's do a three minute. Here's what you missed last season. They've gone. Let's make a fucking game. And this comes down to Pete. What I talk, you know, we talk often about the Overwatch thing and what Overwatch have done with um, that game, not just bloody releasing a obviously the game of the year innovating innovate but innovating with their communications and you know creating a website for um who was the oh there's the game is it? listen that this is the this is the 8 bit thing yeah that's great brilliant <laughs> awesome. yes how good is it so good but yeah sorry go on what was the um hacker in overwatch i always forget her name sombra sombra yeah so when they did that website that you know there was a the countdown to when she was going to go live you know that's the kind of stuff that keeps you interested and it's the people who are already engaged in the game have have a reason to go back to it yep. and the people like me who hadn't played it yet and still haven't played it yet but um it keeps me going well what's this about you know because it's it's just that um Omnipresence, I guess, of the, of the message about this game. Yeah. So I like the fact that this TV show have twisted that and made it. It's about the TV show, obviously, but the, but you've played the game. I've played. Games. I've played the game, and like that's you're hearing this on my phone as we speak right now, right? Mm. And it's just it's fantastic. Like the second you get into the the title screen, and you know what, advertising throughout this thing, like not as in um, pop up ads for you know porn sites or something like mm. that. Like you know they they're. they're Talking about their own show, mm. obviously. So top left, you've got watch on Netflix and you can hit that. It'll take you through to Netflix and everything. But you hit start and then you can select your game mode. And normally is for users new to pixely adventuring, Death Celeste Punishing. Classic is the one that I've hit that's a little bit harder. And you get into the game and it's it's a top down as if uh, you're playing Pokemon, for example. It's oh, the yeah. same sort of from the original Game Boy games, right? Yep. That sort of top down look. Yep. And, um, and yeah, you start out... Uh, as the the original bloke, the police officer and whatnot, and then you have to go through and save the kids, one of them of which has been kidnapped, and you're a detective and all that sort of stuff. But everything about this, like it's not the, the amazing thing that's blown my mind with this is it's not just a, hey, Stranger Things is coming out, we did this, it's kind of cool. Yeah, actually, a really fucking good mobile yeah. game and completely free. Yes, that's like, what completely I, yeah, free. Yeah, there's no um ad. Uh, you know, um, what's they called? Bloody in-game purchases and stuff, stuff like no, that. It's none of that. A free game. None like, of that. And that's so clever, Pete, because that, you know, us as, and this is not game on, this is our, our parent, um, <laughs> well, essentially our parent jobs that we do here at our radio station Mix 94.5 here in Perth. But I, I grabbed that as content and put it up online that went national on our Triple M network for that reason, because it's an interesting bit of content that yeah. me as a news curator, I guess you call me, and you, um, 
wanted to talk about because I think people want to hear about this stuff. And I think that's fantastic. And can I just say, Stranger Things comes out at the end of this month. Now, the guys could have sat on their asses and just gone about it in terms of, we know how popular this is. It's going to be great anyway. Mm. But for them to actually go ahead and say, you know, we're going to do something really cool and creative anyway, just speaks volumes to me about what we can expect for season two. And I think this is a... um this is a much bigger conversation, Pete, but, you know, I know here in Perth, we, and Perth, for people who don't know, is, is sort of a smaller end type capital city. Mm. And 2.2 million people. Yeah, we in Perth, in terms of communications, advertising, marketing, are still quite hung up on particularly newspaper ads, yeah. which I think are a waste of time. Yeah. But they are dead. Well, the, the West Australian here, which is our newspaper during the week, is literally an A4 pamphlet now. Well, it is, right? You know, exactly. like, that's it's, all it is. Exactly. Now... Um, as someone who might have, and again, you wouldn't think like, for example, a builder will go and make a game, but this TV show is going, you know, we could go and spend a million bucks on blanket, you know, magazine ads and newspaper ads and mm. blah, blah, blah. No, no, let's spend a hundred grand on making a game or 200 grand or whatever it was, but that's going to infinitely spread because number one, they were first probably, well, I can think of in recent history to do that yep. as a TV show yep. or that kind of thing. Um, Imagine the opportunity Game of Thrones would have had. Mind you, it probably doesn't need the communication. Um, well, Game of Thrones but. went. Game of Thrones has done the gaming thing, but they've gone down a different tact. Mm. Like they have done the um, Telltale series. Oh yeah, okay. you know, so they've done all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. But I mean, this speaks to me because the series itself. You haven't watched Stranger Things. No. The series itself, I absolutely loved because it it harkens back to a special time in my life when I was watching all of those 90s, like early 90s, really late 80s, but early 90s movies that were, um, you know, like, uh, what's, I'm trying to think, like Goonies, the Goonies and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Spot on, Gremlins. right? The Goonies, like all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. That's that's why Stranger Things spoke to me as a TV series, and I, I think it spoke to a lot of 80s, people. Right? Set in the 80s, and all that sort of stuff. And it mm. is it is built like that. It is, it is completely retro from the second the Stranger Things title comes onto your screen, you know you're in for a, for a retro treat. Well, and and, and you, this and, game yep. sits right in the bullseye of that as well. And you've said that key word, retro, because we know how big retro has been the last couple of years. And, how, you know, and that Absolutely actually huge. ties into our next um, bit of news, doesn't it? Really? Yes, it does. So uh, the Stranger Things game, as you mentioned, Dan, you can go and get it for free right now, iTunes and Android. And I, I tell you, do it. I know we like pull the piss out of... Um, other websites and whatnot for talking about uh, TV, TV shows. But, I mean, look, this is about a game. It's about a game. And how amazing this game is. Yeah. So, uh, humor us. Um, <laughs> top three, number three. Now, I, I don't know. I, I'm a bit, I feel a bit controversial here, Dan, because when this popped up, I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah. Because we, I mean, we had this idea. Well, we did. Like, this was the Game on Australia idea. Like, you like went to the trouble of actually... Photoshopping up a prototype. <laughs> I, was, I, was gonna, I was actually going to say, like, building a prototype. Oh, yeah, no. And taking a picture of everything. That's fine. No, no, I, I just <laughs> ruined <laughs> We're honest. <laughs> What's that got? The fourth wall has yeah, just been wall. removed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, the C64 Mini, the Commodore 64 Mini has been announced this week. I was really excited because, you know, I know... I, I was surprised. Excited, I know how excited you were when you saw the NES, NES Mini when it first came out mm. in terms of the news because that was your thing, right? But this is my thing. This was my NES, the C64. This is the first... I mean, I had an Atari 2600, but I'm not... You know, that's, like I've said in a previous podcast, that's, I think, a little too retro because yep. the games are shit. 
C64 was when it really innovated gaming, and that's when it really got me. And that, uh, that's this is my history. But I've seen the game list list of games, and this is the problem they're going to have, is because the Commodore 64 didn't. I don't think Commodore produced games per se. They maybe no, they, produced a couple, but they licensed out. Yeah, they licensed. The yeah. problem they're going to have now, and I've seen a list of games that they've announced at launch, and not, none of them. There's not a lot that really speak to me. So um, what are some of the games that they've announced on launch? Because I, I got to be honest with you, this this one hat because I was a little bit later on down the track. Have you got the list there? I'm going to bring up the list. Read out the list to me, and I'll oh. tell you how many I had. Okay, and bear in mind, I had a lot of games because I had a lot of friends at school that were good at the uh, the old. Uh, I give them a blank set of floppy five and a quarter discs, and I get it back on the Monday with full of content. If that makes sense. Yeah, I understand what you're talking about. Army Harties. <laughs> yeah. I've got to admit that there is one thing that really grabs me about this. There's mm. more games on here, as you would expect, because they're smaller, you know, in terms of data size. Mm. Uh, and they're using 2017 technology to build this thing. Mm. Um, but the full list of games include Alley Cat, Didn't Anarchy. No. Ark of Yesed. No. Armor Light. No. Avenger. No. Battle Valley. No. Bounder. No. California Games. Yes. Chips Challenge. No. Confusion. No. Summer Games 2. Yes. Spin Dizzy. No. Slayer. No. Star Wars. No. Super Cycle. No. Cosmic Causeway Trailblazer 2. No. Creatures. No. Cyberdyne Warrior. No. Cybernoid 2 The Revenge. No. Cybernoid The Fighting Machine. No. Deflector. No. Everyone's a Wally. No. <laughs> what the fuck is everyone's a Wally? Fire Lord. No. Gribbly's Day Out. No. Hawkeye. No. Street Sports Baseball. Yes. Speedball. Yes. Temple of Apshai Trilogy. No. Thing Bounces Back. No. Nah. Thing on a Spring. No. Nah. Heartland. No. Nah. Hero Botics. No. Nah. Highway Encounter. No. Nah. Hunter's Moon. No. Nah. Hysteria. No. Nah. Impossible Mission. Yes. Impossible Mission 2. Yes. Insects in Space. No. Nah. Zinaps. No. Nah. Mega Apocalypse. No. Nah. Stormlord. No. Nah. Speedball 2. Brutal Deluxe. Yes. Brilliant. Trailblazer. No. Nah. Ukimata. No. Nah. Unless it's Yuchi Mata. Nah. Iridium. No. Nah. Mission AD. No. Nah. Monty Mole. No. Nah. Monty on the Run. No. Nah. Nebulous. Yes. Netherworld. No. Nobby the Aardvark. No. Nodes of Yesed. No. Paradroid. No. Pit Stop 2. Yes. Rana Rama. No. Steel. No. Snare. No. Who Dares Wins 2. Yes. Who Dares Wins? Oh, brilliant. Yes, they were good games. Yes. Piss off. That was awesome. What? Did some guy with curly hair come up to you with 50 bucks and dare you to do something? <laughs> no, it was, a, um, it was, it was 10 a years war, I ended it. was a war game. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Winter Games. Yeah, oh, yeah. Brilliant. World Games. Yes. Uh, and not pictured, but also included per hot hardware. Robin of the Wood. Uh, no. Rubicon. No. Skate Crazy. Yes. School Days. No. So you had 11 of however many there are. Yeah. There. So, and that's my point, right? So the nostalgia things, what will, what will make me buy that are the game series, the Summer Games 2, California Games, World Games. They were fucking awesome. Yeah, right. They okay. were awesome yeah. games. But um, I'm a little bit disappointed because I think, and I think this feels like to me, I'm hoping with this thing, and I didn't read anywhere whether it's going to be the case, but I'm hoping that once they release it, a company like Cinemaware, which I've talked about before, Cinemaware produced a whole bunch of brilliant games for the Commodore 64, starting with Defender of the Crown, um, which is a, essentially a, a Game of Thrones type game. It was brilliant. Um, I'm hoping there's a capacity for this thing to expand through updates and give you more games, or you can buy games. Well, or, or modding will happen, because that's what's happening yeah, with the NES Mini, is it and that's, right? what hap- that's what will, I guarantee you, happen with mm. the NES Mini. Mm. Modding, right? At the moment, you can get your NES Mini modded and have 600 games, and I think you can get the full complement of NES titles. Oh, why wouldn't you? You know, so, yeah. I, it you wouldn't know, surprise Do you remember me. with modding, it always used to be, I remember, um, I don't think I ever did it personally, but I remember the debate being, well, if I get it modded, I can't play online. 
I'm pretty oh, sure that I is. I remember. This might have been the original Xbox. Um, no, surely not. It didn't really matter back in the time because our internet was so shit <laughs> that it didn't matter. You know, I didn't play online anyway. But um, I remember thinking at the time, why wouldn't you go and get it modded? Because you, all of a sudden, you don't have to buy any more games. You can just get... Yeah, well, know. for me, modding was getting it chipped. Like the, yeah, the Sony yeah, PlayStation 1. Yeah. If everybody... I remember, like, not long after it came out, everybody was talking about it getting getting it chipped so you could play NTSC games and play burnt games. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah that's like, right. you know, you'd, you'd... Like, this was... For those of you who live in WA in Perth in 2017, <laughs> in the late 90s, going to, to a, a random house to get your PlayStation 1 chipped was the equivalent <laughs> of going to buy meth. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't speak about it openly. <laughs> it was always a shady place in Armadale or something <laughs> like that, or Gozzles. <laughs> Each state, if you're living in another state or territory, you've got your own version of it. Well, um, like but, I said, yeah. you know, in school days, that was my, me with the Commodore 64. It was you'd go not on... that I've ever bought meth. No, no. <laughs> so I just want to make that clear. I and... have. <laughs> no, I'm really. Um, but you know, go and buy the yeah, the ten pack of five and a quarter discs. Yeah. And then go and there'd be some. There's always one kid at school who would do it. Either if you're a mate of his, he'd do it. And I always found out who they were, and I was good mates with them. Yeah. And I, genuinely, we were mates of mine. So, one guy in particular, I won't mention his name, we'll probably get him in trouble. But anyway, um, or there'd be dickheads who charge you like a dollar a pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you go and give them 10 bucks and you get, you get, you sit out the front and wait about nice. an hour later. You come out and go, there you go. There you go. Thanks very much, sir. And you yeah. walk off and you'd have a year's worth of gaming. It's pretty bloody good pretty for bloody 10 good. bucks. Yeah, you're not getting that anymore. No, shit. you're not. Okay, so there you go. There's like a full list of games, but the C64 Mini, there hasn't been a release date, but they reckon it's going to be at some point throughout 2018. So. Yeah. Maybe we have to jump onto the Amiga 500 Mini. No, don't say shit like that out loud. I know. Well, we've learned six lesson, months down we? the track. Sure enough. Sure yeah. as shit, there'll be a bloody Amiga 500. The Amiga yeah. 500 Mini's coming out. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're Cut expect- that bit out. They're <laughs> expecting it to cost uh, around about 70 bucks, but this is on Nerdist.com, which is a US website, so I would assume closer to 100 bucks for us here. But it looks pretty good, and it, it comes with, by the looks, of, like it's going to be, there's not going to be like a mini screen or anything like that. It's going to be the unit, which is the keyboard. Uh, like the like the NES is the unit and the the SNES Mini is the unit, but it's instead of like it's going to come with a joystick, the yep. original C sixty four joystick. Oh, that was a with the two red shit. buttons on the front. That was of it. terrible. Yeah, but I assume it's going to be better this time around. You'd hope so. You know, my my ga- joystick of choice back in the day was a Tac two, T A C dash two. It was a ripper, but it was. And I wanted to talk about this at some stage in our podcast life, and we will mm. when you have to game hack, like when you have to actually go and do some. Um, you know, what? soldering or fixing up oh, on, yeah, yeah. you know, I've done that. And I've used to pull these joysticks apart because they're always, um, dust to get in and get on the connectors yep. and then you have to bloody clean them. And, oh man. I used to have to do that with my, the Nintendo entertainment system. Cause after a while, the 72 pin connector, yeah. which sits inside the system. That's the reason why eventually you had to start <laughs> <laughs> blowing your that's bloody right. cartridges before you put them in there. The, the pin connector, because it was, um, it was either copper on copper or brass on brass, mm. one of the two. Um, and eventually it would get scratched up so much because it just because of the way it's used yeah. that it would just lose its like conductivity. Yeah. Conductivity. That's right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you'd have to replace it. So mm. I, I remember a few times being in the back shed with dad's tools and <laughs> off it comes. That is uh, our top three things. But it leads into N64 Mini. Now, this is a big chat 
Um, and I, I feel like this is something that's going to be a weekly thing now because <laughs> we our, started last week with well, the soundtracks. We, we, we did, and the soundtracks again. Like, you go to episode fifty if you haven't heard that particular podcast. Because, man, like we went out and we asked the big question last week. You know, we wanted to do something special for episode fifty because it was a milestone for Game on Australia. Mm. Um, you know, what's your favourite soundtrack of all time? And the we got hammered with suggestions, and we went through all of them, mm. and it was just awesome, and it came together really beautifully as well. So, thank you very much. Now. What we're going to do, this week's big question was, considering the popularity of the NES Mini, the SNES Mini, now the announcement of the Commodore 64 Mini, it is inevitable. And I know this for two reasons. One, it's just the trend. Yeah. Retro's so big, it's inevitable we're going to get an N64 Mini. Yeah. The other thing was, not too long ago, uh, Nintendo went and did the patents drawn up for the controller for the Nintendo 64 again, mm. right? In, in in a mini sense. Now, the reason why they got to go and redo those patents because it's not the original connections between the unit and the actual controller. Oh, right, okay. Right, so they've got to actually go there and, and thread those patents in with the new designs and all that. But it's mm. going. it looks like it's going to be the original three-pronged controller with the joystick in the middle, yep. the four yellow C buttons, the A, the B, and the D-pad over on the left, yep. right? Yep. Z trigger underneath, and yes. you've got your shoulder buttons too. That was a nice controller. It I, was a nice I, controller. I, I really enjoy that controller. I love it. I, I still to this day um, think that Xbox has made the most well-designed, ergonomically felt controller that has ever been released. I pl- I'm currently playing Forza 5, mm-hmm. and I was playing a bit last night holding that controller, that, that Xbox controller you talk about, and it, I remember thinking, shit, this feels good. It actually felt beautiful to hold yeah it does it feels really good to hold mm. but you know at that time nintendo 64 yeah. it was it was amazing right and it was innovative too wasn't it it was just a it you'd never seen anything like well, it was because you had the joystick yeah all of a sudden like the launch game was super mario 64 and oh, it was the man. first game we'd seen in full 3d well is this make is, is this the start of this chat because this is the start that, of this chat that game so the question is which n64 games should be on it we have 18 slots to fill Thank you so much for those of you who got in and uh, gave us your suggestions. Some of you said a couple. Some of you said one. Um, some of you gave us an entire 18 list, which we really appreciate. So what we've actually gone and done, Dan, what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of the comments one by one here. Yeah. And we're just going to make a tally of the games that have been suggested yep. and how many times they get suggested. And okay. that way we should be able to come out with a list of 18. NES Mini had 30 games. SNES Mini's got 20 plus one. 21 games. So they say plus one because Star Fox 2 was a bit of a surprise. Yep. Never been released before. This one, I feel like it's going to be 18, but also it may very well come down to maybe 15 or 10. And the reason oh. being is because they'll use the same hardware in the unit. Yeah. Memory-wise, all that sort of stuff. Not a big deal because you can you know mod it and add it. So there's obviously enough memory there for more. But they will use the same hardware in the unit. The games are bigger as well, obviously. Mm. You know, so yeah, well they are. That's right. I'm. I, how many games do you reckon should sit on there? I mean, we do have to strike a balance between. Yeah. You know, like you can't have every game on there. It's just it's ridiculous. You'd never get through ten, fifteen of them, let alone every single Nintendo sixty four game. I what do you think's a good number? Well, I'm going to openly admit this. I haven't actually seen much of this chat on Facebook, so I, I know it's been going off. Mm. But I. I'm going to forecast that we probably need 30 slots. You reckon we need 30 slots? Yeah, I do. Okay, look, judging by the suggestions, we actually need more than 30 slots. We got 50 suggestions in total, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Of but different games. Of different so games. 50 different so 50 games, different yeah. games actually came up from the suggestions from the people of the Game in Australia Facebook. Please tell me Turok didn't make it. Let's get into it. <laughs> I hated that game. It was my Fallout 4. 
Really? Yeah. I over like hyped up to within an inch of his life, and I bought it. And I thought it was underwhelming. I loved churro. Did you? Yeah. Well, that's where we differ, then, good sir. Fuck you. I challenge you to a duel. Take off your gloves, sir. <laughs> All right, um, let's let's get straight into it. All right, so we'll go through each of the comments and we'll uh, we'll ping the different tallies for each one. Yeah. So I started this off and I said I'll start with the obvious one, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. If this doesn't have Ocarina of Time on it, they can get fucked. I, in fact, if it doesn't, I predict you're going to get a one way flight to Japan. Oh, I'm getting up in Miyamoto's face. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yes. And he'd be like, she's a poya. Don't do that. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> so, Ocarina of Time, all right? That yep. goes on the list. Um, Kai gave us a, a complete list. Good yes. on you, mate. So, he said Star Fox, mm-hmm. Super Mario 64, yes. Mario Golf, yes. Mario Tennis, yes. GoldenEye, yep. Banjo-Kazooie, yep. Donkey Kong, yep. Conker's Bad Fur Day, yep. Diddy Kong Racing, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, Wave Race. Oh, yeah, God. Doom. Wave Race, yep. Now, he said Mario Parties, so as in one, two, and three. Oh, you'd have to go one, I reckon. Snowboard Kids. Yeah. Smash Brothers. And then David uh, Ferraloro, underneath him, said Perfect Dark has to be on there, too. So, just quickly, they they all go up on the list because they're all first-timers, all right? I don't think Goldeneye will make it. Because of licensing. Right. So that would be, just going through those, mm. right? That would be GoldenEye. It would be Banjo-Kazooie. It would be Donkey Kong. It would be Conkers. It would be Diddy Kong Racing. Perfect Dark. No, I think no, no, I think the Rare games will make it, except for GoldenEye. Why? Because I'm going off the Rare replay that I've got on the Xbox. Every game's there, except for um, GoldenEye. GoldenEye. Why because isn't GoldenEye I'm pretty on sure Who owns that? I'm pretty sure Microsoft bought it. And this but the, it's the Microsoft is is Xbox. Yeah, but the, the, remember Goldeneye got remastered yeah. as on the Xbox. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I think. Oh, and they own the IP. Yeah, oh, so that sucks. It's it really does suck because um, I, I guarantee you, Perfect Dark will be on there, but I'm not sure that Goldeneye will. And Perfect Dark was a great game, but it's no Goldeneye. Well, I, look, this is a deal that's going to have to be done because I know um, intrinsically you know that that Rare still own. All of the IPs to those titles, yeah, and except for Gold Knight, obviously. You are absolutely dead right. This is a deal that has to be done. Fuck all this. We own it. You own it. This is about the greater good of gaming because yeah. that game Gold Knight is the reason that many of us had an N sixty four. Super Mario's, the Mario Tennis, Mario Golf, all that shit. That's going to be on there. That's just a given mm. because Nintendo own them and that that made their console. But Gold Knight is the reason that many of us bought the N64. Um, okay, so we move on. Uh, Travis Leader, and thanks for tagging your, uh, I'd say they're family because they're all leaders. Mm. Um, it goes without saying, 007 has to mm. be on there, and Ocarina of Time and Super Mario 64, so they all get an extra tick. Freddy plays. Goldeneye is a gimme. So Goldeneye is off to a flying, flying start. start. <laughs> um, but Perfect Dark and Churok were both a lot of fun, so Churok makes it onto the list as well. I didn't own a 64 long, until, long after I had my PlayStation. Can't think of too many. WWF No Mercy was a blast too, though. Glad he brought in WWF No Mercy because wrestling games I have remember, to be on there at some yeah, point. that was a good game. They were the ones where they started really pumping in the work into um, customization yep. and also the introductions, like the intro scenes as yep. well. And that was always the most exciting part of that game for me. I, I loved fiddling around with the introductions. And you would have been... You, you, I can imagine you were right into wrestling. I was hell into it. <laughs> Man, Stone Cold Steve Austin, because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> you know, stuff like The Undertaker... The Rock, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Uh, If you smell (laughs) what The Rock 
is cooking, you loser. One of these days, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a game on Australia's stadium show. <laughs> we're gonna pack out Perth Stadium yeah. and we're gonna come out there and we're gonna be like, finally, <laughs> Pete has come back to Perth Stadium. Chris Inglis, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'm biased. Shadows of the Empire, Rogue Squadron, and especially Episode 1, Racer, should be considered. So, they all go onto the list for the mm. time being. GoldenEye gets another tick. Ocarina mm. of Time and Turok gets another tick as well. Mm. Others to consider Perfect Dark. And for the first time on the list, Mario Kart and Raymond 2. Yeah, Mario Kart took a while to... Um, took a while to appear. To appear, but <clears throat> that's, I mean, that's a given too. Shannon Lucas, GoldenEye gets another tick. Super Mario 64, Zelda, and Mario Kart. All get a tick as well. Mm -hmm. Nick Holland, he popped in there. Zelda Ocarina of Time. Majora's Mask makes it onto the list for the first time. Super Mario 64 gets a tick. GoldenEye, another tick. Perfect Dark, another tick. Mario Kart 64, another tick. First onto uh, the list for it, Star Fox 64. Ah, right, yes. Definitely a must-have. It was at this point, actually, that I started wondering about one particular game mm. that I was yet to see, which I was quite surprised it had taken until we get to it to make it on the list. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars Shadows of the Empire gets itself another tick. Turok, NBA Showtime, and NFL Blitz mm. make it onto the list now as well. Smash Bros. That's the one that I was yeah, surprised it took yeah. this long to get on now, there. From memory, that was quite a late in the life of the 60s. It was late it, in it the was life. It was quite late, wasn't it? It was still um, the 90s side of the, the yeah, millennium. But hadn't many us got a PlayStation or Xbox by that stage? By that stage, yeah. yeah. But you know what? That is the game that brought a lot of people back to N64. Well, that was four player on the screen at the same time. Four which player was, on the screen at the same time. Which has been done before, but that was pretty. I remember that being quite groundbreaking. And a battle royale featuring all of your favorite Nintendo the, characters. Didn't the camera. Like, there was four. If, if one character was at the very top of the map and the one was at the bottom, the camera, camera right panned out, out, didn't it? Yeah, yep. yeah. You know, and you'd smack each other, and if you got a really cute, because the the idea was to knock each other off the map. Yeah. You know, and sometimes one of them would fly towards the screen and hit it, and you know, like the, it was it was a it was actually a groundbreaking game for a a battle royale type fighting game. You yeah. know, it was very yeah. good. Yeah. Mario Party. Uh, so that's number one. 1080 Snowboarding makes it onto the list, as does Wave Race 64. Banjo-Kazooie gets another tick. Bomberman 64 makes it onto the list. One of the best puzzle games that the 64 was... ever had. That took a long time to appear too, but long I remember that time. game being... Oh, I love that game. That game is one of the only N64 games that I ever owned that I never conquered. Yeah, right. Yeah, dead set, because I it used to just floor me, and then by that stage, other games would come along. I think I just played that multiplayer from memory. I loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Multi was good for multiplayer, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WWF No Mercy gets on there as well. Jacob Lewis, Ocarina of Time gets another tick. Majora's Mask uh, gets there. Mario Kart 64, another tick. Same with GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, Donkey Kong 64, Super Mario 64, Wave Race 64, Bomberman 64. Blast Corpse makes its way onto the list oh, for the first Blast time. Blast Corpse, yes. Yes, and Blast Corpse is a scream. It yeah. is it is a great puzzle game. Um, it was great in terms of its versatility. There were so many different ways to be able to complete a level. Even though it was linear in terms of the way you eventually had to go about it, so many different ways to complete a level because they were so open world. And so many hidden secrets in the game as well. Like I remember, Dan, playing that game and thinking to myself, I've done it, I've completed it. And it would only say something like 73% or something like that. And you're like, what? You're like, you've got to get the rest of the other rings surrounding all the different places. You'd open up new islands or places in the water or over the water. Then eventually you left Earth and went to the moon and all that sort of stuff, right? It was really cool that way. Pilot Wing 64, NBA Hang Time, Extreme G makes it onto the list. Yeah, right. 
Mario Party, Lilat Wars, which essentially was Star Fox 64, yep. and Yoshi's Story. Nathan loved it. He goes, hey, fucking men. <laughs> uh, and throws in a few of his own. Diddy Kong Racing, Donkey Kong 64, Snowboard Kids, Pokemon Snap, Star Wars, Pod Racer gets another one. Cruising USA. Oh. Yep. I remember that one popping up every now and again. I don't. Rayman, the original, and yep. James Bond, The World Is Not Enough. Now, did you ever play the sequel? No, I didn't, know. Neither did I. I think everybody was so pumped about the original 007, and this goes a ways to actually saying something about that game, yep. that like people didn't feel the need to get The World Is Not Enough because they still had the multiplayer aspect. Like The multiplayer for... for and obviously, the, to some extent, this rings true because we still talk about it today. But the multiplayer on um, James Bond 007 Seven. Goldeneye, yeah. it was it was it's just amazing. It was epic. You well, know? we were talking so timeless is the yeah, word I'm looking for. The guy at our work here, Tom, who came in asking what was on the show today. We talked about the N64 Mini. He mentioned multiplayer Goldeneye. He reckons if it comes back, they should have new maps. And you and I didn't really agree no, with that. No, I, no, 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 no. He goes, oh, it's just because um, uh, guys are playing too good and they get, they turn, you know, they get me when I respawn. I was like, well, mate, that's half the bloody point. Uh, the beauty about these re-releases and stuff is they get released as the originals. Remastered to the point where you get an opportunity to play them in HD through HDMI and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. but And, and there was no truer joy in life than playing grenade launches in the basement and killing your mate and then just popping some more grenades over to when, when the next point. And he, you oh, see, spawn points. Yeah, you see him rock up and he's, yeah. he's surrounded in death and fire and then boom, Bang. and that blood comes down the screen. And he's like, <laughs> rape it! <laughs> All right. Um, now this one, Dan, I, I noticed you jumped on here for I, a bit of a tip. I was waiting for this, Pete. Thank you. So, yep. yeah, bring it on. International Superstar Soccer <laughs> 64. What a rip it. And I watched um, some gameplay. I was, when I was looking the other day, I found that YouTube link. So I didn't actually watch the game. And the commentary is so great. The guy goes, England are playing Greece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it, have you? Yeah, yeah I've got it. <laughs> Let's have a bit of a listen. This is show. so good. Oh, listen to the music, man. Superstar Yes! <laughs> Get into the game a bit. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to this live broadcast. This is glorious football weather. First half kicks off. France are playing from right to left. Greece are playing from <laughs> left to right. He still has possession. <laughs> so he's obviously... They've obviously only recorded one, one Greece. One Greece, yeah. Because these days it'd be like, Greece, 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 <laughs> goal! And yet they've only recorded one for this. Greece! That is fabulous. Oh, I see. And you've watched that. There's a link on our Facebook page to that particular video, but there's the, there's a complete red card in that thing. It gets called a yellow. And the guy, like he, I remember a phrase he used to say all the time. Um, he got away with one there. I think it's something like that to that effect. And it's like, this was a complete red card that got called a yellow. Bloody anyway. sensational. So we move on a little bit. Mario Kart, Smash Bros and Perfect Dark or 007. They all get another one. Okay, here we go. Have a, have a listen, all right? So Ben says here, the only crap thing is that all the good games like GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, Conker's Bad Fur, Banjo-Kazooie, etc. were developed by Rare, which is owned by Microsoft. So does Microsoft own Rare? Yeah, actually it does. That's why it's on the Xbox's Rare Replay. So that's, that's very clever, Ben. That's yes. a bigger issue. And yes, well done, Ben. That's a bigger issue because then that entails not just GoldenEye, but the entire series, like the entire suite of Rare games. Yeah. We're talking probably, what, 
10 games in that list that you've mentioned? Easily. At least? Easily. We, um, have, we have a bit of a problem here, actually, because this means that um, Nintendo are going to have to get into bed. Well, the thing is... With just Bill Gates. Stroke. Stroke Bill Gates. Maybe we should go and be fluffers. Not a problem. I, I, wanna, I will not have a problem yeah. fluffing Bill Gates. If it gets Donkey, if it gets Donkey Country. And Gold Knight. And Gold Knight. And all those games. Yeah. You know what? That's our commitment. That's the Game on Australia commitment to this cause of the N64 Mini. Let's tweet we Bill. will fluff Bill Gates. And for those who don't know what fluffing is, look up um, a porn, uh, a porn videos fluffing. You'll yeah. know what a fluffer is. Or uh, <laughs> Urban Dictionary. <laughs> 20 on a, on a Qantas or Jetstar fly. Ask the hostess. <laughs> no, don't do that because you'll yeah. get kicked off the fluffing. A technique used in most pornographic films today when the male star has to get aroused for the camera. He is fluffed beforehand. Jeez. You know what the funniest part... I will, tickle, part, you I will the, tickle Gates' balls. You know what the funniest part about Urban Dictionary is? Yeah. And apologies for the people who listen to this podcast that are on the... They're not as dirty in the minds as us, right? <laughs> so, you know, bear with us. But uh, sorry, not sorry. It's, sometimes it's just funny. <laughs> but I, I love, you know how with dictionary meanings, right? They give you an example, yeah. right? So I love oh, how yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ex- Example, John Holmes had a 13-inch cock, but he had troubles getting it up during shoots. He needed to be fluffed before he could perform. Far out. Okay. So there you go. There's fluffing. Imagine that on your tax return, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Fluffer. You'd have to put on your it pass, on your passport. On your pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's oh, keep going. Was, oh, okay. No, meet, meeting, oh. meeting your in-laws for the first time. What do you do, son? <laughs> I'm a fluffer. I'm a fluffer, really. I've never heard of that. Well, oh, God. Surprised you have. Okay, so Ben, <coughs> Ben, that's a very good point. Rare sweet. Because if this if if Rare don't give Nintendo the blessing to have these games, it loses well, no, a Microsoft, lot of Microsoft Microsoft. Microsoft, yeah. yeah. It loses a lot of interest for me. And I, I reckon for a lot of people because Oh, I'd still buy it for the There's still your first still party Mario's, games like right? the Mario's yeah, yeah. and all that but, sort of stuff. But, Legend of Zelda. But it won't feel right. No, it well, won't. No, it won't. You know what? And I'd rather spend the money on going retro and going buying a working in sixty four mm. if I can't find the one at Mum and Dad's house, which apparently is still there somewhere. But um, I'd rather go that way because that way then you've got the games. Yeah, I agree. Um, Issa Schultz, does that name ring a bell for you? That's not Issa off... um... Off the chase. So Issa from the chase is Is he part a of, Facebook? He's part of the Game on Australia Facebook you, community. Yeah, dead are set. Are you shitting me? Yeah, no, I'm, he's a mad gamer, mate. Mad gamer. Loves it. Oh, Absolutely well, loves Easter, it. Easter, if you're listening, Hello, oh, I'm on it. So Issa Schultz, one of, he's the super nerd from The Chase on Channel 7. It's the game show in the afternoons, and he's an absolute ripper, but he's a mad gamer. And he said, Mischief Makers, such an underrated platformer. Now, what else have we got here? Shane Seth uh, said, great call on Mischief Makers, very underrated. Remember playing this game, and it was unreal. Martang Donahue, 1080. Julie Rose Marshall, Goldeneye, Mario Kart 64, Lilith Wars, Mario 64, Perfect Dark, Banjo-Kazooie, and Ocarina of Time. The whole Rareware catalogue needs to be re-released in this form. So many younger gamers that should be schooled in what gameplay really was. Yeah. And then a few people dropped in there and said, hey, check out uh, Rare Replay. We're just about at the end of this um, list. But uh, Ben Elfelson said GoldenEye, Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, all the must-haves. Rodney Penn um, brings one onto the list for the first time. Killer Instinct Gold and Smash Brothers gets another one. 1080, Anth Russell. This is a great bit of thread here. Anth Russell. Dudes! Y'all are forgetting yeah. the best game on the 64. 
Superman 64. Oh, God, no, that was terrible. That was the one yeah. that got rated the worst. That's how well played. Vic, Vic La- well, Vic Lanius says, I'll yeah, we'll comment that. Yeah. And then Darren Mistel comes in and goes, you really are an asshole, mate. <laughs> <laughs> got him, yes. Yes, um, a million. I haven't heard Jet Force Gemini yet, have I? No, you haven't. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll skip no, that. no, it's fine. It's, mate, this is, this is what it's, we're chatting about this yeah. shit. It's what we do. Yeah. Nathan Randall, Snowboard Kids. Uh, Troy Richard. Mm. Really enjoyed Doom 64, Killer Instinct Gold, Shadow Man. Jet Force Gemini, uh, yes. Quake 1 and Quake 2. Oh, God, the Quakes. Quake series came out as well, yeah. Um, Monique Greaves, Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie for sure. So Banjo-Tooie makes it onto the list for the first time. And then uh, Jet Force Gemini's votes start coming in. So Liam Parker drops one for it, Perfect Dark, Star Fox 64 and NBA Hang Time. And then another one for Jet Force from Nicholas. Kimberly Wakefield with Conker's Bad Third Day, which gets another one from John Pixie Epethic. Yep. Uh, and another one from Caitlin Madison, who says it was the best game ever. The Conker's Bad Fur Day, of course, was, um, I suppose you'd call I mean, it was M15+, plus, wasn't it? It's rating it, MA15+, it, yeah, plus or something? It was, um, it was the first one to say arse. Yeah. I remember that being, it was a little bit more, it was a bit cheeky, Conker. I, um, I actually played that recently, well, about six months ago, on the um, Rare Replay. With the Rare Replay... So for those who don't know, it's a collection of 40 of Rare's best games, pretty much every Rare game apart from Goldeneye. 30. 30, is it? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. And you can play it on um, the Xbox One. Um, I've played ban- the Banjos to death, and they're all being remastered to the point they fit on the screen and stuff. But Conkers, they didn't. They've just It's the port, right? Mm. So it's 4 by 3 rather than 16 by 9 So it sits right in the middle of your screen. There's a bit of a little decoration either side of the screen of Conker. And it plays like a mid-90s game, but it, he swears. He's a dirty little yeah, bastard. Yeah, he's a dirty little <laughs> bastard. He's dirty as shit. Steven, Lendick, uh, Killer Instinct, Bubba and Rayner, Super Mario Brothers 64, Morris Moz gets in Rogue Squadron, Donkey Kong, Banjo-Kazooie, GoldenEye, Super Mario 64 and Perfect Dark, Tony Redding, Super Mario 64, Philip Topping, Banjo-Kazooie, Reza Kamaldian. Hey, Reza, GoldenEye, uh, Richard Sullivan, another tick for Super Mario and Donkey Kong. Kinney Kins, Conker's Bad Fur Day, and Rocket Robot on Wheels. Do you ever play Rocket Robot on Wheels? I'd never even heard of it. Neither had I. This is the first time that I have ever heard of a game called Rocket Robot on Wheels. It's it's crazy. It got it actually it actually like smashed the ratings yeah. back in nineteen ninety nine. That was the release for the game. Yeah. It's a platformer. It was developed by Sucker Punch Productions. It was published by Ubisoft. It got nine out of ten. Wow. From its community average. Pretty amazing. Well, the game was released in North America and in Europe around about uh, Christmas uh, 1999. So, yeah. I'd never heard of it as well. And maybe the reason being is because I don't think it ever got an Australian release. Well, I was about to say, because there's one that's confusing me a bit, Pete, that I haven't heard yet. But I might be getting my consoles mixed up. But I've just Googled it. and Apparently, it did exist. And uh, Tony Hawk's. Pro Skater. Yeah, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was, was that, on the Nintendo 64. It was, was it? It hasn't made this list at all, but so it was on I'm surprised by that because I play that a lot. Yeah. But, but it might have been the Xbox version. No, nah, for me, it was the PlayStation version, right? Because I yeah, think that's it, what it, came out as, it came out as PlayStation first and then then trickled across all the okay. other consoles. Okay. But it was that was pretty much one of the games, one of the that's big That's the soundtrack games. from last week. It is, yeah. Um, doing everything I can. Oh. Doing everything I can. I think I've got it. I think I've still... Yeah, play it again. Yes! Oh man, that's so good! Yes! 
Oh man, I just want to skate. So do I. I can't skate, but I want to. The crowd in my feet It seems the world's falling down around me The lights are on I'm singing a song I'm trying to make the answers more than maybe Come on, Dan And I'm so confused About what to do I didn't Oh, what a track. Boom. What a track. Oh, what a ripper. Um, but yes, didn't make it on the list, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Matty Walsh, Wave Racer, makes it onto the list. 1080 Snowboarding. Clay Fighters, 63 and a third. Fly the Voodoo Sky. Oh, that's right, yeah. WWF Attitude makes it onto the list as well. Craig Beamish. Oh, shit, he says. That's not a game, but thanks for trying. <laughs> um, and then he goes on to say, Goldeneye and Pokemon Stadium. Louis Tran loves it with a fuck yeah. Jason Albury, loving the memories, and Ricardo Rosario, Goldeneye, Zelda, Mario Kart, and Reese Nelson gets in Donkey Kong as the last comment. So, shall we go through the tally of the games and what they got? Yes. Right. Um, 50- thank God you were keeping track, uh, <coughs> track there, because I have no idea. <laughs> 50 games in total made the list. Right. All right. We need to whittle it down to 18. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ocarina, let's, let's start from the top. Okay. Goldeneye 007 got 13 votes. Yes. All right. Are you making a list of these? No. Make Don't a list of it. Start writing shit down. God, no. What do I not pay you for? <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> 13. Cool. Okay. So, Goldeneye got 13. Mm-hmm. In it, second, Super Mario 64 with 10 votes. Mm-hmm. In third place, Perfect Dark with 8 votes. Mm-hmm. In fourth place, uh, actually tied for fourth place, Mario Kart on 6. And Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on six. That's confusing. That's um, confusing. That's um, surprising. Why is Mar- it surprising? I thought Mario Kart would have got more. Same with Ocarina of Time. I thought Ocarina of Time actually would have topped the list. Mm, but, I mean, go. what does that tell you about GoldenEye? Oh, correct. Um, so, we moved down to the ones that got five votes uh, and tied for it. Banjo-Kazooie got five. Donkey yep. Kong 64 got five votes. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. Uh, in with four votes, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Mm-hmm. Let me know when we get to 18, because I know there's more here than 18. Yeah. Um, in with three votes and tied for it were Wave Race 64, Star Fox 64, and 1080 Snowboarding. Yeah, that's 11. Making it in with two votes, Jet Force Gemini and Super, uh, Killer Instinct Gold. Superman 64. Don't be a dickhead, Pete. Mario Party 1 made it in with two votes. Snowboard Kids made it in with two votes. And Turok made it in with two votes. And then we won't... we got one more game. we got one more game, right? Two more games. Two more two games. More games. Okay. So two more games. Oh, no, that's like that's well past the 18. But obviously the ones that have gotten the votes and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but these are the ones that made it more than, you know, just getting a listing. Yeah. Um, so Mario Golf got in there. Yes. Diddy Kong Racing. Star Wars Rogue Squadron, yeah. Doom sixty four, yeah. Smash Brothers, WWF No Mercy, yeah. Shadow of the Empire, yeah. 
Episode one, Pod Racer. It's not a Star Wars game. Yeah. Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. Bomberman 64. Mm-hmm. And NBA Hang Time. <clears throat> 27. So we still need to get it down to 18. Now, here's what I want to do. Right? I reckon <clears throat> we publish a post on the Game on Australia Facebook page. Great idea. And we say yes. these are the yeah, 27 right games that got more votes than just being listed. Yeah. We need to whittle it down to 18. Yeah. Put them in order. Oh, bloody great idea, mate. What do you reckon? No, do we list the ones you kick out? Yeah, good point. Because, um... You've got to kick out nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kick out nine of them for us. All right. Yeah, that's I like a, that. That's, no, that's massive. All right. So, Game on Australia Facebook community. Are we actually going to do this post? Because we're, we're notorious for... Yeah, uh... no, we're pretty bad for it. <laughs> no, no, we're definitely going to do this. We have right. to do this. Game on Australia Facebook community, and we'll bring the results back next week. Okay. Um, we need you, from the list of 27 that we're about to publish on the Game on Australia Facebook page, we need you to whittle it down to nine. Uh, sorry, we need you to whittle it down by nine. Yeah. All right, so go and check out the post and leave us a comment there telling us the nine games that you would exclude from the list that appears. Yeah. Are we going to have a go at that now or not? I reckon we do it as the Facebook post and then we have an opportunity to give ourselves a bit of time to think about it. Okay. Because I've got to be honest with you, man, there's so much great stuff there. I'm not entirely comfortable just going for it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. I need a bit of time to fiddle around with it. Yep. <laughs> and also... Said the actress of the bishop. Have a think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. So there you go. There's the N64 Mini's potential top games. Thank you very much for your input, Game on Australia people. We really appreciate it. Shall we move on, Dan? We shall. So um, here in Australia, for those who don't listen in Australia and listen out of the uh, out of the country, um, it's the start this weekend of our two Asanki so, uh, Summer Leagues in uh, NBL basketball and A-League soccer. And I was thinking it'd be a good chance to have a bit of a think, Pete, and a discussion about what are the your favourite basketball and soccer game of all time. We'll start with soccer because that's easy. Mm-hmm. There's only been two, really. Mm-hmm. Um, FIFA and Pro Evo Soccer. Yeah. I'm red... I stumbled on GameSpot the other day and surprise, surprise, there was actually an article about gaming on there about which Bizarre. which is better, FIFA 18 or Pro Evo Soccer 18. Shit. They gave the chockies <clears throat> to Pro Evo Soccer 18. Is that right? Based on the gameplay. They said the commentary is still shit, the licensing still shit, but the gameplay apparently just feels better than FIFA. Well, we had this chat, we a couple of podcasts, uh, you know. I, I, I haven't played either, so I can't make judgment on that, but my favourite soccer game of all time actually is international superstar soccer. Yeah, which from is the 64. Yeah, which is the pre the essentially the start of Pro Evo. Mm-hmm. Um coming a close seconds probably one of the Pro Evos and I can't tell you which one it was. It was the mid 2000s. The Master League and it was fantastic and I I really got engrossed in the Master League which is for those who don't know is that you start a team from scratch yep. with a bunch of numpties and you you've got to trade out and trade in and I ended up building that team. It took about 6 7 seasons, 5 minute games, so the season would probably take about of constant play, probably about a week. Yeah, but, wow. You know, a year of, you know, a calendar year in, in the game. But yeah. I got this team roaring. Like, they they making lots of money, 
star signings. It was fantastic, and I love that. But the International Superstar Soccer is a multiplier. I, I, I talked about this last week. I forgot. I mentioned last week that my brother and his mates started a mod squad of names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brick wall as yeah. defence. There was another. There was a Spanish defender. Buckets with a goalie. Buckets yeah. with a goalie. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the guys, my brother's friend Simon Pierce, reminded me during the week they had, they had another um, defender, a Spanish defender called Takamion. <laughs> And I forgot to mention, <laughs> I forgot to mention too, what these bastards did, yeah. they, we once had a $20 bet as to who would win the series and they won. So I had to give them both 20 bucks each, right? So it cost me shitloads, right? And, and I didn't know that a lot, and I'd still earn a lot of money, but and yeah, yeah. Yeah. gave them both 20 bucks. You know what they did with that 20 bucks? They went and bought online or something, these um, whistle activated um, key locators. So when, yeah. when you whistle, the thing goes doot, doot, and beeps. Yeah. And then sure, they didn't tell me, sure as shit, the next time we, we had a game and they got a goal, they both went <whistles> and all of a sudden you hear this doot, 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 <laughs> just to give me the absolute shit. Hang on a sec. Yep. Yes. I reckon I'm going to be told to move my car. Hey. Oh, hey. Hi. How are you going? I just came to tell you I beat a hard level on Donkey Kong last oh. night. Oh, get in here. Get, get on the mic. Get on the bloody mic. We've got a real life, real life girl in the, girl in the building. Girl who likes games. Oh my God. So this is Kat, the producer from my show, the Lisa and Pete show. Yes. Hi, Kat. Hi, Kat. He always refers to it as his show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That's damn right. I've been dropping hits to, hints to come on this podcast for so long and I thought, bugger it. I beat a really hard level on Donkey Kong last night. I'm coming in. What level was it? Because oh, like, I'm playing through Donkey Kong Country on the SNES Mini as well. Oh, well, the last save I did, I was 17% through. Yeah. So uh, the level was... So I I almost started crying a couple of nights ago when I was playing the, the one where oh, you're in the mine car. We've all been there. Yeah, that's rough, that one. That got me a few times. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. reflexes are not as good as when I was a kid. Yeah. And then last night, the one that I beat was the first barrel level where you're getting shot in the barrel, but you've got yeah. to make sure it's rotating on the right. Yeah. And I've done it. Don't worry. Ah. I got it. Ah. Anyway, i got to get back to work, but I just thought I'd let you know. Thank good you, on your chat. That's awesome. Well done. That's Kat. so good. Thank you. Thank you for being a girl and a gamer. <laughs> Woo! Woo! It's brilliant. Bloody brilliant. Uh, okay, so back to the soccer games. So, yeah. So, anyway, that and I guess that's probably a little bit biased in my, because I have rose-colored mem- memories of this game against my b- brother and his mate. Mm. Um, but I, I still think at the time, it was probably the greatest soccer game I've ever played. What about you? FIFA 13. FIFA 13. Now, for me, the reason why FIFA 13 was the one that... Because I used to... Like, when I used to play FIFA with my mates and we'd play on the same team, I'd always... Like, we had a really good strategy going, right? There's, there was... We would get to the point where, like, we would smash teams. And the reason why is because we actually played the game in terms of our own strengths. Yep. So, I had a friend of mine who was incredibly good um, up forward as striker. And uh, there was another mate of mine who you could always count on him knowing the way to get through the, the middle, right? Or sort of some midfield. For me, I was a really great defender. And when FIFA 13 came out, the whole um, look you're what defend- we... But hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're a defender? Yeah. Bullshit. Why? You're too, you're too much into the glory. You'd be a striker. No, no striker. but the thing is, man, you get the glory of being a defender. Because ah. if you if you have a clean game, if you get a game with a clean sheet, you are a superstar. So when you play, you know when you can do um, 
what's it, career mode, and you can be a player. And mm. the, you know, do you always got a defender? I marked him down as a defender, oh, as, mate, as no, his place. I'm a striker, mate. Yeah, I yeah, that. I know. But you, we've talked about this before. You got your Leroy Jenkins on. I, I like actually. to play. <laughs> I like to play a little bit strategically. You're playing the point. That's why I love mobas and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But we had it down pat, oh, and geez, um, look at that. Oh, oh she's quite nice. Stop it. Oh, that's um, is that Kay- oh, yeah. Is that who? That's one of the. I can't mention her name. Yeah, of course. She works here, doesn't she? I think so. No, you know who that is? She really bigs. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because her. Oh, um, Miss Universe, wasn't she? Something like that. Just attractive. Yes, anyway, sorry. Hang on a sec. Mm. See that? See that? That's gaming, Pete. That's. She's way out of my periphery, yet I saw. You still picked it up. I still picked it up. Well done, sir. Um, so for me, the big change for FIFA 13 was um, the buffs and extra stuff that they added to defending. Yeah. So I ended up with a game that, like, I felt like I really came into my so own. Almost made for you. Yeah, because it was geared towards defenders, and I really enjoyed that. So for me, FIFA 13, and FIFA 13 from FIFA 12 was a big jump. Big jump, yeah. It was a big jump, and it was one of those where I felt a bit of a momentum shift yep. towards FIFA really being a main player in the soccer games, even though it was at the time, but just taking that next step up, you know? Okay, well, whilst you're on a run, let's talk about basketball. I've got, I guarantee, I've already told you this, I guarantee I've got one you've never heard of. All right. What's your favourite basketball game of all time? This includes NBA Jam. Okay. For me, I have got to throw in 2K17. Really? Yeah, I know it's recent, right? But it just... The 2K games... Uh, I know we can talk retro and all that sort of stuff, but but for just pure-based gameplay, the 2K games have everything. Mm. They really do. And I can't go past 2K17 because it's just the most current version of a game that feels very complete to me. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's why I've got to go with 2K17. I I just, honestly, I was just about to tell you, my mind had a thought about another one, so I've got to give you two because I, I, can't, I can't separate them. All right. One's... One on one on the Commodore sixty four with um, the original one with Doctor Julius Irving and Larry Bird. Yeah. So Doctor J and Larry Bird. Yeah. Very old game. Brilliant. Just a one on one simple. Um, what a shame it's not on the C sixty four mini. It should be because yeah. it, it made our list um, for that reason. Used to be able to break the backboard. I remember that clear as day. That was the that was the key. It was yeah. always trying to you know, great game. But there was a game I mentioned this company before Cinemaware back in the in the eighties um, on uh, Commodore sixty four and Amiga. And on the Amiga, they did a game called TV Sports Basketball. They also did TV Sports Football. Mm-hmm. But TV Sports Basketball was the first game I'd ever played, a sports game, where it actually was more like a TV show than a sports game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in between, um, like if you got a touchdown in the football game, they'd cross to the crowd. And there'd be some guy at the camera going, yeah. Right, you know, oh, it was that, that is wicked. It was like a real TV broadcast. And yeah. it, the TV Sports Basketball was brilliant. Um, and I think it was actually a bit of a – a precursor to the 2K7 because it was that sort of style. It was, um, it was, you could control players. You know, it was one of the first ones to have all five play. you know, like five on five. Yeah. And um, played a season, did all that stuff. It was brilliant. So that was my uh, long, like 30 years old game now, but mm-hmm. a brilliant game. Nice. Well, we've got plenty to look forward to because the NBL and A-League seasons have kicked off mm. or are just about to. About to, yeah. And uh, obviously we've got some really amazing sports games that are not far off from release. We've just had um, FIFA 18 come out uh, and obviously Pro Evo, yep. the latest one. Yep. And uh, we'll be looking forward to NFL, Madden NFL. Ashes Cricket. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. Whatever you reckon. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, the other thing that we had planned for today 
is a, a massive chat. We say it just about every week uh, how blessed we are to have come across the Blue Planet PR team, Sophie yep. Blue and the team there. Yep. They've hooked us up with a lot of great interviews over the past 12 months since we started this podcast. You'll yep. find them throughout the podcast series. You can go and check them out. Um, but right now, we have the pleasure of being joined by Luke Lancaster, and he is the content manager for PAX 2017. This is the guy who curates what's going to be there. Yep. It doesn't get into PAX 2017 unless he drops the wall. Yep. He's a great bloke. It's a great chat. Enjoy. Look, if you go to aus.packsite.com, you can see the little countdown timer in the top right-hand corner until PAX Australia hits Melbourne, uh, October 27 to 29. Check out the details to register, get your tickets and all that sort of stuff. I am stoked to be joined right now by Luke Lancaster. He's the PAX Australia content manager. Thanks for your time on Game on Australia, mate. Oh, thank you for having me, mate. Not a problem. So, uh, look, for those of us on this side of the country, because we do this podcast from Western Australia, we don't have these big conventions like packs i know a little bit about it but for people listening who have never been to a packs or have never heard about a packs before tell us exactly what it's all about oh mate um look the the line we like to use is that it is australia's biggest video game convention um and that's in terms of numbers in terms of stuff you can do there and you know i get that that's kind of the line but if you've ever been to a packs it's it's a memorable experience you're talking tens of thousands of people uh it's it's a gaming mecca you know there's video games tabletop games people talking about games, big, little. We've got massive publishers there. We've got Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft. We've also got the other side. We've got a huge, huge independent scene. Um, and there's a lot of local uh, independent developers that will come out showing off their games. So basically, if you like games, it's it's the place to be when it comes to the end of October, you know? And I can imagine there's a lot of people out there who like games, mate. Uh, yeah, well, we like to think so. That's kind of why we do it all. <laughs> it's fantastic. Look, it's uh, it's a three-day convention, Friday, Saturday, Sunday across that weekend. There's so much to see and do. I think the thing that uh, that most of the people listening to this podcast really want to know is if I'm getting to PAX this year in Victoria, what are the things that I'm actually going to see? Is there going to be a little surprise for me? Uh, look, um, there's always going to be stuff to see. Uh I wish I could give some stuff away right now, but um, <laughs> got to be a bit tight-lipped. Uh, I can imagine look, that. Um, some stuff that we definitely want to have people checking out. Uh, we've got a lot of esports content. We've got two massive stages set up with like pro gamers playing. We've got over a hundred panels, and that's like live gameplay. People talking about making games, fans of games having community stuff around all different franchises. Look, it's. There's more than any one person can possibly see, but that's fine because you go there and see the things you want to see. Yeah. That's the way we like to approach PAX. And uh, with PAX this year, who are some of the big-name guests that you're actually going to have there speaking, showing off their games and that sort of stuff? Ooh, again, got to play a bit tight with that one. Um, oh. I can tell you uh, our keynote speaker, um, our big speaker, is going to be giving the first address of the weekend and also on a lot of other panels is Bernie Burns, formerly of Rooster Teeth. Yes. So if you remember, right, yeah, good, good, you do know him. Yeah, um, mate. That's old, a, Red Blue Days. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Rooster Teeth is one of my faves. And I, I tell you, like, aside from doing this podcast, I, I obviously love to listen to other gaming podcasts. And the Dude Soup podcast is is a weekly must-listen for me. So the, the Rooster Teeth uh, um, people, I absolutely love. Fantastic. Um, and the other thing we can flag that we're really excited about this year is we've got Paxomania coming down. Now, that's a thing that happens at the U.S. Paxes. So there are five shows globally. Um, we're the only one outside of the U.S. Um, and it's been a kind of recurring narrative thing that's 
kind of pro wrestling meets video games. You get a bunch of like video game industry personalities and they kind of don the spandex and play wrestling video games against each other. Oh, that's fantastic. That sounds amazing. I mean, this is the, the great thing that we love, you know, especially when it comes to seeing these big conventions, just something that's a little bit different, a little bit unique. Now, you being the content manager, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your role, mate. Uh, so my role is basically handling. Oh, actually, I shouldn't say that. Um, where <laughs> I can. Um, <laughs> that's all right. We we always say on this podcast we've got a line, but it's it's a very very short and very distant line. So don't uh, don't worry too much. It's not a big deal. Okay, good. I, I will say that my role is to curate all of the cool stuff that happens at the show. Um, just to censor myself a little bit, uh, which is everything from panels to guests coming out to who plays our concert night. Uh, yeah, um, on Saturday night, we've got bands that come and play like kind of nerd music. Um, basically, anything that's happening at the show, I've got a hand in kind of curating that and making it as good as it can be for the people who want to come along. Wow, that is amazing. How did you end up in this position? Uh, it's uh, kind of a long story, mate. Um I guess it was just previous to this, I was a tech and games and pop culture journo and I knew people in the industry and I feel like I was kind of doing the same thing, but not as a job. And now this is what I get to do nine to five and I'm loving it, man. Was it a, was it a chance meeting or was it something that you actively went and sort of sought and said, you know, I've got this range of skills and all this sort of stuff and I want to get into this stuff now? Uh, a, a little bit of both. The role came up and I kind of got the nod from someone to be like, oh, you should apply for this. And I honestly hadn't really thought of it, but then I went through all the motions and it was a very kind of corporate process after that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Fantastic. So what are some of the things that have surprised you with PAX uh, conventions over the years? Uh, just the scale of it. Um, unless you've been to one, it's hard to kind of fathom the number of people and just the strength of the sense of community you get going to these things. Like everyone is there because they share the same passions. And even if it's not the same specific thing, there is definitely the feeling that you are among friends when you're at a PAX. Yeah. And I've not seen that feeling replicated at any other show I've ever been to. And you know, like I, don't get me wrong, I, I, I see a lot of this sort of stuff, particularly in a world where, and it's funny, it's, uh, it's, it's almost a bit of a, um, a, a sense of irony, right? You know, we're so much more global, but yet we're so much more segmented as well because using globalization, people are finding each other and they're finding each other in common interests and they're, you know, affording themselves the time to be able to get stuck into that. And it's something that we see with the Game on Australia community. You know, all of a sudden we've built this community of people coming together that just absolutely love talking about games. And, and the main rule is just come in, have fun and talk about games. And I think, I think as far as I'm concerned, like nerds, geeks, gamers, pop culture enthusiasts, I reckon they do it better than a lot of people out there. Uh, I think we do too. And I think part of that is the fact that you already have the in. You already know that the other person is going to like the same kind of things you like. So there's common ground, you know? Um, and there's a sense that there's no need to ostracize people over that. Yeah, absolutely. If you like the same things and you like talking about the same things, why not just give someone the benefit of the doubt, reach out their hands and have fun with them? Yeah, couldn't agree more. Now, um, mate, you've obviously, Luke, you've, you've got to be playing a few games. You know, you can't do something like this, I guess, without having some sort of interest and in a bit of play when you get the chance. Uh, I, I've been known to dabble, mate. I have been known to dabble. What are you into? What are you, what are you playing at the moment? Uh, right now, I am 
doing my very best to level up in Destiny 2 just so I can play with my friends. Um, I was a bit behind the curve at launch, and now I'm under the pump to get up to snuff. Uh, but uh, apart from that, um, it's honestly these days mostly stuff I can play um, portably, like en route, like in transit kind of stuff. So I'm a massive, massive Hearthstone player. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Not as good at it as I'd like. Mm. Um, and I want to blame a lot of my losses on my reception dropping out on the train. But, you know, <laughs> I, I understand that's making excuses. Yeah, right. But beyond that, you know, I'll play a bit of everything. AAA, indie. I'm a big tabletop gamer. Um, I don't get as much role-playing doing uh, role-playing on the table as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, get a bunch of board gaming, get some D&D happening when I can. We, it, um, you know. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, I, like I've only recently just started getting into to um playing stuff on pc because i've been a playstation guy for a long time and my co-host who he's not here at the moment um because he's off doing his other sort of uh daily job but um he plays a lot of xbox and we're both massive destiny fans but i'm going to be picking that up on pc the thing that i'm absolutely gutted about at the moment is that pc is not going to be released until october so all i'm seeing is uh is people everywhere who are playing it on console at the moment just absolutely ripping into it Loving the hell out of it. Um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you is that, you know, you being in the job that you have and and curating these sorts of conventions, particularly PAX being the biggest one that Australia has, what have you seen that's been either the main driver or the main change over the past sort of five years or so in the gaming industry? Uh, oh kind of put me on the spot a little bit um i would say the big one is how quickly games can catch fire these days um so look at something like this is the big one for us right now um player unknown battlegrounds Mm -hmm. that kind of popped up overnight and everyone was playing it everyone was talking about it so quickly and it's kind of a really small one-man shop and it's not the kind of old days where you'd get you know sony dropping a massive triple a title that They've got a massive multi-million dollar marketing spend behind. It's a very organic response to games coming out these days. And I think that means, you know, the indies have a chance to kind of stand on their own two legs in terms of quality. They can punch well above their weight, which, you know, is a very Australian kind of attitude when it comes to um, game design development. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a time when we are definitely spoiled for choice. And I think we're seeing a lot in terms of, innovation in like story structure and gameplay that we never really got before because the the breadth of the industry is opening it up to so much more creativity mm. yeah couldn't agree more and I, I love the point that you make about PUBG. um brendan green the who is player unknowns and the the story behind um his success it's it's amazing actually considering that you know a lot of people will probably see PUBG and they've heard of player unknowns and they followed his stuff but uh after seeing this sort of stuff and him catching fire, probably don't give him the credit of having been in the industry for as long as he actually has been, you know, like being one of the guys who um, was a, a key modder on, I can't remember the name of the game, but, um, you know, he's got the history for a bit of coding and stuff like that and, and worked with a very small team. And I know we're in, we're in early access, as I put that in inverted commas above my head yeah. at the moment, um, for PUBG, but... Far out. I mean, if this is early access for a game like that, I reckon we're in for a real treat once the, the full version of the game drops. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I, I'd love to see what happens when it does. And I guess early access is the other thing that's been the big change in the past 
kind of three, four, five years is getting hands-on with the game before the official release in a lot of ways. Um, but I guess it lets people take that chance a little bit earlier and see if a game's worth polishing up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I am very keen to see where that goes. It's a genre that was never really explored, the whole Battle Royale thing, but it has struck such a chord. You've got other games just popping up and using that kind of um, that kind of structure now. Like um, I've heard Fortnite is putting in a Battle Royale mode. Which yes. Is another big yep. thing that's just popped up. Um, uh, Overwatch have added the kind of um, free-for-all mode. It's it's funny how one game can kind of swing a whole industry and make people take note. Yeah, well, I think, uh, look, going back to, you know, when, when Dota first dropped, the very first one, you know, and and what that did for the industry in terms of mobas. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of mobas, if any, um, yeah, that people were playing. In the genre. Exactly right. And then Dota came out, and then we had the international, the first one in two thousand and eleven, and then we got you know it spawned Dota two, which is so huge now, and then other things like League of Legends, which uh, which simplified it just a little bit, and. Yeah, like it's it just it takes one game to make things catch fire, and then you see the rest of the industry follow suit. But as you mentioned a little bit earlier, and we actually spoke about this in a podcast um, earlier this year. You know, we as gamers are just so spoiled for choice at the moment. To be a gamer, it is a golden time right now. Absolutely, it really truly is. Um, will you have uh, will you have um, some VR stuff on display at PAX? Uh, absolutely. Um, we have a dedicated VR area, um, and it's, I think, roughly twice the size it was last year. Um, and we try to hit the major players there. So we've got Oculus Vive, PSVR, um, <clears throat> pardon me, sorry. And it's massively popular because I think one of the stumbling blocks with VR is the initial investment. It's a big outlay to ask for someone who's never tried it before. Mm. Um, and we just give people three days worth of time to go and check it out and for a lot of people it's the first time checking it out uh but they are absolutely something we're investing in and it's very interesting seeing how that develops because it's very much a technology in its nascency right now it is very early days in terms of game development in terms of tech Mm. um it's very ground floor but it's a very very exciting space uh one of our indie showcase winners this year is actually a VR game, um, which is uh, very based around mini games, but it is so fun and it's such an easy way to sell the VR experience to someone who's not familiar with it or hasn't really had the chance to become comfortable with it yet. Yeah, it's a great way to introduce people to it. I mean, you know, you look at, and I I think that's something we've seen in gaming for a long time. You take the the Wii when it dropped, for example, for the first time around, Wii Sports, which was just a a game full of little mini games, but allowed you to to use the the new technology in a different sort of way and and a whole heap of little different fun ways, and you sort of learnt as you go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's Um, always a really great way to, to introduce someone to it. That's the kind of experience that I think VR is up to this point lacking and it really needs is that Wii Sports element where you can get a mass number of people convinced on the potential and the fun of the tech. Yeah. Now, uh, just quickly, mate, before I let you go, um, one of the great things that I absolutely love about PAX is, you know, you've mentioned the Oz, the Oz Indie Showcase and PAX is so well known and uh, for supporting the indie industry. 
um, and also for just supporting people who love gaming and and are making their own games out there as well. I understand game submissions are still open for PAX Rising. Oh, I think we've got a couple of slots still open. It's it's quite full at this point, but best thing is there's a show next year. Um, I think we've got room for a couple more indies, but we are we are full up on that space. I think we've got almost a hundred on board this year. Far out! That's amazing. Yeah, um, of of all the PAX shows across the world, Australia's got the biggest indie scene. Yeah, that's which brilliant. is a bit of a feather in the cap for us. Oh, good stuff. Well, mate, um, just quickly, when uh, I know our our tech sponsor, PLE Computers, is going to be there um, in a big way, and uh, they're going to bring down a, a couple of their monster freak show uh, PCs that they've built. So. Um, they're going to have a great time. So people listening to this podcast right now, if you're heading over to PAX or if you're in uh, Melbourne and you're going to be uh, catching up with the guys at PAX, make sure you drop in and, and say hi to those guys. But uh, Luke Lancaster, the PAX Australian Content Manager, can't thank you enough for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. And all the very best with the weekend. Thank you very much, mate. Hope to see you at PAX. There you go. Luke Lancaster, PAX 2017 Content Manager. Absolutely superb bloke, Dan. Obviously couldn't give too much away. Obviously, because there's a lot of great things coming up, but superb bloke. I'm essentially the content manager for Mix 94.5, the radio station, and Triple M nationally. I think I've just met a guy or heard about a guy that I want his job. <laughs> it's pretty bloody good, isn't it? Yeah. Far just, out. I just had a bit of a brainwave, Pete. Mm. And I'm going to, this is completely unplanned. You don't know I'm going to say this. No, I don't. You don't. I don't know anything of any of this stuff. Uh, that's quite true, actually, yeah. So you and I talked about when we started this thing, and I don't think anyone would begrudge us that listens to us the fact that we both have talked about that really we're in this for free games. Yeah, we are. And let's, how let's many, be honest. We've been here over a year now. And how many free games have we got, Pete? None, Dan. Zero. Zilch, nada. So nothing. I'm going to put a challenge to PR companies and starting with the, the lovely Sophie, but also um, I met a, followed a person the other day, Erica LaRuca or something on Twitter. Who wow, this is off to a great start. Mentioned in her, even know her name. No, mentioned in her uh, bio on Twitter that she's a PR for video gamers. So I sent her an email, CC'd you. Hey, Erica. Mm. We've, I've dealt with her a bit about some other stuff. And I said, you know, look, just so you know, Pete and I have a, game, a gaming podcast. Yeah. Love a free game. Heard nothing back yep. so far. So here's my challenge to PR, and this is the reward. The first person, the first PR person in the world that sends two copies of a game to... Pete Crowley and Dan Vandermeer. One for Xbox, one for PlayStation. One for, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. They will get their name on a perpetual trophy. No. For, for the Game on Australia Game of the Year. <laughs> so, let's, just... so let's say let's say Sophie, because then we'll start reviewing games, right? So let's say Sophie hears this and goes, you know what? I'm going to organise this. Yeah. And goes out and gives a sense a copy of um, FIFA 18. Okay. Right? Right. For the rest of the Game on Australia lifetime, yeah. she will get the perpetual trophy, the Sophie Moon trophy for Game of the Year. <laughs> For being the first PR person to get off their ass and send us a free game. I'm just making a timestamp of this so I can send her the audio. <laughs> yeah. All right, you're on. I, I know it's great. Because... I know Robert at uh, down at the trophy place in um, Northbridge. Yeah, we'll and he can trof- sort it out for us. Yep. We'll the perpet- tro- perpetual trophy for the game of the year. Yep. Now the problem with game reviews, though, Pete, is that you and I don't have a lot of time. Yeah, I know they don't. So I reckon the way we'll do the reviews, mm. if we ever do a re- re- review a game, mm. is that we um, only review the first 20 minutes of the game. Okay. Well, you know what? That, like, I need, like, the first 20 minutes has to get me involved in the game. Correct. Because my short attention span, yep. and as I know, as you mentioned, um, like, lack of time these days. We're both dads. We both work full-time, all that sort of stuff. 
Um, like it's got to be good. It's got to hook me in the first twenty minutes of gameplay. With and I think, doubt. and I think twenty minutes is enough for us to know whether you know. And the the, the review will never be a, a review of the complete game. It will be the first twenty minutes. Yeah, but you know what? We That's, can do that. You know what? I, I generally ninety nine percent of the time, if the first twenty minutes of a game are good, yep. the rest of the game is generally pretty bloody Correct. good, or at least worth playing. And to and to turn that on its head, I knew from Fallout Four the first twenty minutes. Yeah, I was the same. I was, I was the like, same. You know what? I'm not going to get this. So anyway, that's the challenge. All right. So Boom. there you go. Boom. It is locked in. All right, Dan. I know we're way past again today. We, we are so we're way, way past, past the 40-minute mark, but anyway. So way past, but stuff it. It is time now for... Boom. Come on. Hang on. Come on. I had the fader down. <clears throat> I've got you in my sights. Who are we targeting today, Dan? Three words, Pete. Hit me with it. Ken fucking yeah. <laughs> This is a story at GameOnAUS.com. And we're not targeting Kenya. Like, it's not their fault. It's No, well, kudos to Kenya. It's kudos. M- m- it's my mum. Fucking, I can't believe that a, a report comes out during the week. And I know, I reckon... 80% of our in-your-sights are against the NBN, Australia's NBN. Oh, without Australia's a doubt. NBN. We have taken up the fight on behalf but of the people. The fact that this report comes out and suggests that Kenya has a better internet connection uh, on average than what Australia does, to me, speaks volumes, Pete. Now, I did this report that I read the other day. Mm. Went through the history a bit about the NBN. It's, you know, apparently back in 2007, it was Mr. Kevin Rudd. who, And I've met Kevin Rudd, and he is a creepy man. I'm putting that out in the record now. I, okay. I did not get a good vibe out of him, right? Yeah. I've been in the room with a few prime ministers. Yep. Kevin Rudd. Um, Julia Gillard was quite nice. Um, what's his old mate? Um, Abbott? Yeah. Turnbull? Yeah. Malcolm? Yeah. You know. But um, Kevin Rudd was the, the one that gave the, the, the sort the of heebie-jeebies. A bit, right? Yeah, yeah. But he, in 2007, had the foresight to say, I'm going to spend $43 billion, which is a lot of money, obviously, on... Australia's future, and it was it was it was cable to fibre to the premise, right? And I can tell you now, mate. Considering the chatter that I'm starting to hear about the MBN in particular, it's really starting to ramp up. Forty three billion dollars is going to be a fucking pittance, yeah, compared to how much they're going to have to spend in the long run once they have to rip everything up because it's obsolete. Yes, that's exactly right. Apparently, that Malcolm's new plan with uh, fibre to the node. is already up at like fifty four or fifty five billion. Oh, so, man, so we're already ten billion over over budget, right? Now, I jo- I am quite convinced mm. in my area, and I've talked about this before, but I haven't actually mentioned this part of it. Lately, on MBN and Optus, thank you Optus, um, I go it goes through ups and downs. Like mm. it's like a, a sine wave, right? Boom, you know, up, down, peaks and troughs, right? Mm. I'll be, I don't know because I'll be on a page and I go to load something on my phone and it takes. Like it takes a while, twenty seconds, and then yeah, boom! Yeah. You, you, you see, it's like it's kicked in, right? Yeah. Um, I'm on a f- local localized um, Facebook group in my suburb of Gwellup here in Perth, um, where yeah, it's called Gwellup Crime and Community. <clears throat> and I guarantee you, one in every three posts is is everyone in, is everyone's internet okay? Am I struggling? It doesn't matter who you're with. Ironet, Optus doesn't matter, right? I'm convinced that the copper wiring in our area is compromised. Yeah, yeah. Convinced. But how can I prove that? I can't prove you that. You can't prove Without that. Without paying that, you've got to take that punt and lay a complaint. And then that you've got to pay for the time if it turns out it's not. Yeah. But I'm convinced it is. But I'm not going to take that punt because I'm not a betting man. Well, I sort of am, but I'm not. Um, so I 
as a gamer and someone who streams a lot, I, I am just horrified that Kenya, there's some little bloke in Kenya on a, on a better NBN who's, connection. Who's, who's, who's buffer free. Yeah. And that really fucking annoys me. I know it annoys you. <laughs> because Kenya's not I, a... I, I'm, it's biggest I know, belief, Pete. I know, mate. Because we are a first world country. Well, we we're are, a first world... You know, I'd love to hear what Issa thinks about this. Issa would... He'd be sensational on this one. Wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah he would. Because he's a smart stuff. man. Uh, Issa Schultz from The Chase on Channel yes. 7. Very smart man. Very intelligent. But you're spot on, mate. I, I think... And, you know, we don't begrudge Kenya or anybody else who's ahead of us because half your luck. It's great. It's And it's not your fault that you are. It's our government's fault that we are so far behind on it. But it just... When you know how far we are in terms of our general economy and way of life of a lot of these countries... Yep. It beggars belief that, and I know it's a first world problem, but it beggars belief that we still look to these other countries who are so far behind us in terms of their way of life and their NBN connections better. And exactly. And um, I know for a long time, historically, you and I have used this as content for our show and, and essentially entertainment content. It's a bit of a joke, but I'm actually starting to get a bit sad about it now. I'm actually starting to think this is actually... It's never going to get fixed. I'm never going to call it, you wouldn't call it a tragedy because it's not a tragedy. It's just internet. Who gives a shit? But it, it's a travesty is what it is. I think, I can't think of anything that balls up more than this NBN because I, from my year, two years, almost two years of being on it, it's been diabolical, Pete. Yeah, I know. And I'm over it. Um, just quickly, you did throw up a post. We haven't read this one out uh, on gameonaos.com. This poor bloke's angry NBN rant proves oh, yeah. how real the pain truly is. This is a great Facebook post that you came across from a guy called Clint Brooks. Yeah, so so just I'll let you read it out because it's so good. We have to read no, this out. No. But this guy Clint is a friend of a friend on my Facebook page, and I, I saw my friend had liked his post, and I read it, and I messaged the guy and said, "Mate, we are always on about the NBN on our gaming gaming podcast, Gaming Australia. Can I please use it?" And he he wrote back, and he goes. He went, oh, g'day, mate. Um, yeah, I don't care. And he, and he started actually ranting, going, I'm just so fucking angry. Yeah. And so this post, he's a fellow gamer, he's a FIFA lover, and go away, Pete. Your NBN service is dead set putrid. I'm just a bloke excited to get home from work and play the new FIFA 18 online, but your shitty service can't even provide me a few hours of enjoyment because it cuts out every 15 minutes. <laughs> I've rang your technicians four times. They dead set couldn't run a bath, let alone run my internet smoothly. It's 2017 and this is meant to be an upgrade. You are happy to take my $80 a month, but I can't even complete one game of Ultimate Team on FIFA without getting disconnected. You sicken me. The lot of you. Thanks for ruining my night. Cheers. Well done, Clint Brooks. Doesn't he go on then? I think he does in a follow-up post to say that um, he's had four games and three were disconnect, so he's rating shit, so he's given up. Yeah. He's like, well, fuck it. I'm, you know, I think he prized himself for being a good FIFA player, from what it sounds like. And uh, he just can't compete in a level playing field. Bloody and that's sad. what it's about, Pete. It's about a level playing field. And we talk, we'll continue to talk about this because this affects gamers like nothing else. I can guarantee you, sure as shit, that Malcolm Turnbull is not a gamer. I hope he's not a gamer. But it doesn't he's just... Probably not he probably not fucking streamer. But he should know, considering he was one of these people who first invented in the internet. Yeah, he's, oh, he's made a shit. He's living in bloody Point Piper in Sydney, yeah. living off his investment on the internet. The thing is, he, he should know, right, that it doesn't. it's not about gamers. It's actually about business. It's about the way that the economy is conducted in this country. It's about you know? communication. Well, we spoke to Daniel Visser from Wicked Witch Software and how yeah. he says that it is terrible being a game developer in this country. The guys who made AFL this year, yep. Evolution, terrible being it because like 
you when you talk to the guys in the US about your speeds you're dealing with and all this sort of stuff and you know you've got to send them four terabytes of information or data or whatever it is because of your game and then they go cool when can we have it and you go oh it's going to take a few hours like you know that that stuff is it's sad it's we're not on a level playing field um, globally so it sucks just finally um Pete talk about Issa before again um I texted our friend of the show Gemma Jemsey because <laughs> she loves Issa but she loves him, loves him mm. and I said um. I just found out that Game on Australia has a celebrity following. Have a guess who? And she went, "Oh my God, is it Issa?" Yeah. And I went, "Yes." And she went, Bang. "Oh my God, I thought I thought you'd made it before, Dan, but now it's official. You've yeah. made it, Danzy. You are having having on the on the show as a special guest, right?" Yeah. I was like, "Damn right, absolutely, we're, <laughs> we're getting him. We're bloody getting him. It's going to be huge." Hey, uh, final thing here: old school retro pick of the week. This yep. is where we trawl the auction houses on Facebook for great stuff coming across. If you want to get yourself your hands on a bit of retro. This one from during the week, Dan, fucking beautiful. Yeah. Probably the most amazing bit of tech I've ever seen in my entire life, and it's a great memory for You've me. You've seen some tech too. I've seen some tech because uh, in 1994, mm. um, I remember Christmas 1994, I went out towards the shed. Uh, it was Christmas morning. We all woke up. We opened up a couple of presents. Mum and Dad said there was one more thing for each of you. We went out towards the back shed. Dan had a bike waiting for him, and as I walked past this little wall area, uh, I looked down to my right, and yeah. there was a rectangular box-shaped gift. Get out. Um, and I opened it up, and there it was in full flight, the first original DMG-001 Nintendo Game Boy. Gray. Oh, it came with the headphones. It gosh. came with uh, it came in a, a cardboard inlay, um, batteries ready to go. It came with Tetris. Oh, oh man! And I, I forever just wow. Anyway, Santa, you rock! You bloody rock, Santa! <laughs> this came up in one of these groups. Oh, two hundred and fifty dollars, and it's brand spanking new. What? There's only one little bit of denting on the box down bottom right, which you can get past, but everything else is... It's even got the original cables in it, the original headphones, everything, still in its plastic baggies. The whole Holy lot. shit. Brand spanking new. $250. It's steep, but worth it because these never come up like this. No. And it's Oz Powell as well. Right. right. Just amazing. So there you go. If you want that, you can fuck off because I bought it. <laughs> I fucking bought it. I bought it, you pieces of shit. I've been looking for one of these for years. I fucking bought it. Suck that. Suck on that. I fucking got it. So there you go. Sorry, I just had to I get did, that off my chest. I did not see that you coming. Did. I know you didn't see it coming. I know you didn't. Usually oh, this is about everybody well else. Well played. Yeah. Well played. I fucking oh, good it. on you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, but see, Pete. This is why we're here, right? And I know if, if, if people are still listening by this point, I'm, I hope you've arrived at your destination and thank you for listening this far in. But this is why we do this because that, that mer- the look in your, you were glazed oh, over. The God. look in your, the memory of you. I love it, man. I love it. And I would love, oh, we can never have mates, have, but I would have loved to have little me meet the little you. I reckon we would have been best would have mates, been mate. Best buddy. mates. Best of friends. Best of friends. Anyway, that's fantastic. Good on you. Oh, thank you, sir. Congratulations. <laughs> that is it. That's it. That's that's a fucking monster. That, was that one. Hour and a half. Wasn't it? That was huge. Um, yeah, absolutely massive. So, um, look again. Thank you everybody who participated in this week's game on Australia Facebook page podcast. Big question: um, What games, if we had eighteen slots, should be on the Nintendo sixty four mini? Um, by the time this is up, you will see the post where we've whittled it down to twenty seven games that got more than one vote, or yep. at least a listing yep. uh, from the comments there that people popped up. And uh, we will need you to drop in your comment featuring nine from that list that need to be cut. Mm-hmm. So we end up with just 18. Yep. 
All right, uh, just a few things to cover off. Again, thanks to our tech sponsors, PLE Computers, and the team at Blue Planet PR. Great guest today, Luke Lancaster from PAX 2017, the content manager. Thank you for your time. Good, sir. Amazing. Cat, the producer. Cat, <clears throat> the producer, for jumping in for just a moment. You beauty. GameOnAUS.com is the website. Go there. Check it out. iTunes, Omni, and Podcast One is where you can check this out. Also on Android. Subscribe, please. Give us a rating if you enjoyed it. And leave us a few nice words. It'd be great. Yep. Game on Australia God Mode is our closed Facebook group community where you've got to knock on the door before you let in. Uh, and it's for the most passionate of Game on Australia Facebook community members. Um, it's all about sharing content and enjoying a good chat with other people who just bloody love gaming like oh, us. Yep. Game on Australia Facebook page. You're either listening to this now from a post or uh, you're on the Game on Australia Facebook page. We'd appreciate you hitting us with a like there as well. Share it around. Mm. We're, we're less than 100 away from our big, big milestone. 1,000 followers and also the moment where we'll do an amazing giveaway yes. for the Game on Australia Facebook community as well. Yep. If you're about to jump on a flight, Qantas International and Domestic and Jetstar Domestic is where you'll find us up in the air. And that's it, Dan. Mate. I need to lie down, I think. So do I. And a beer. Lie down and a beer and some games. Oh, yes. Have a great weekend in gaming. And as we always say, do not forget to save.